Hello friends, how is everybody on this fantastic day? It's Friday the 13th, October 13th, 2023. Hope everybody's doing great. Today, I'd like to talk about the obstacles of employment for multi-generations for that matter. For Gen Z, Baby Boomers, Generation X, and the Millennials. There seems to be a disparity within the jobs and the job market. And that's really what I want to focus this podcast on. Right now, in the workforce, there's there's job hopping. There's lack of loyalty by corporations. There's long-tenured individuals being let go. There's job descriptions that are 30 lines long and pay minimum wage. So there seems to really be a concern in the job market. For example, I recently saw a job posted in Hawaii and it paid $21 an hour and I live in California, but the company at this five-star hotel was willing to pay not only the $21 an hour with a guaranteed of 30 shifts that the individual must work, but also they were going to pay the airfare there and back, plus all the hotel accommodations. What that tells me is A, there's not enough individuals in the workforce in Hawaii, and maybe this is not just specifically Hawaii alone, but this could be a issue within the market and specifically the service industry all across the country. As we know, hotels, restaurants, they've all struggled to get the amount of people they need to be able to service the customers, to take care of what is needed so we can regain that customer service type of atmosphere again. So my focus is about the service industry and ensuring that Gen Z, Millennials, Baby Boomers, Gen X are able to work together to take care of the service industry. And how do we do that? We figure out a way to minimize job hopping. We keep loyalty to our employers. Our employers keep loyalty to us and We earn a fair wage for a position that is within our scope of work, depending on our requirements of the job and our talents and what we bring as employees to the table. This all sounds great, doesn't it? Well, guess what? This is not reality here in 2023. So there are things that we have to do differently. We have to figure out a way for companies to become companies that individuals want to work for while understanding the company is not going to cut their job. I'm hearing that, for example, in the mortgage industry, many people lost their jobs within the mortgage industry because of the interest rates went higher and therefore there was no individuals that wanted to have their 
interest rates meeting the current interest rates. So they weren't mortgaging their home or they weren't refinancing. And that caused a toll within the job market. So that brings us back to our original point. Our original point was to find out how we can overcome obstacles in the workplace. So how do we do that? Great point. Hey, let's attract individuals, Gen Z, millennials, baby boomers, Generation X. Let's attract those individuals to be able to want to work for your organization. And to do that, you need to find a culture in the workplace. You've heard the magic words before, culture. Well, guess what? They're not magic. Culture is where you have an identity branded to the organization. And the organization, in return, provides a harmonious, a, a, an organization that appreciates the work that you do for them. Not just a pat on the back, not, but it's buy-in. It's buy-in from not only the employer, but the employee. You are responding to the work that you do, the dedication that you do, and the organization should be doing the same back to the employee. So that's why you hear the word culture so much. It's not a buzzword. Culture is the ability to define an environment that is conducive, where organizations and employees alike want to work together. And when you have that working together and the belief, the loyalty, that the employer cares about the employee and vice versa, then guess what? You have productivity. Productivity leads to the ability to take care of the customers, to ensure that the customers have the right atmosphere when they go to dining. They have the right room cleaned at the hotel. They have the right lawn that should be taken care of from the tree and landscape services. These are part of the service industry that quite frankly, since the pandemic, I believe that customers have had to settle. But when you have to settle, you expect mediocre service from mediocre employees and mediocre employers. Well, it's time for us to shift that back to where it was pre-pandemic 2020. And that's to get back to the culture, get back to the accountability of the employer, get back to the accountability of the employee, and start finding a way to define and make up a culture that can resonate, that can be a intuitive place for the employers, the employees to get together. It doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of resource. Sometimes what it takes is a one-on-one -on -one discussions with the employer, employee, having huddles with the employees to demonstrate how they're important. But remember, it's the actions. The actions have to follow up the words. It's easy to say, hey, great job. And then five minutes later, berate the employee for doing something wrong. That's not a harmonious culture. A culture is where 
an employee goes to work each and every day and they feel that the employer has their back. They have a job that they know they can count on. And now here's part of the problem. Companies will come and say, we're great employers. We'll do what it takes to make sure the employer employees happy. We'll create a harmonious and great environment that's conducive to want to work with us. That's their words. But the actions, the actions are different. They may be cutthroat. They may not have your best interest. Yes, I understand. We all understand this is corporate America. But you want to be able to attract the best workforce. You don't want a continuous revolving, opening and closing the door that states, you know, we like you for a while, but now we're done with your services and you can get out the door. Or we had a disagreement and it didn't work out. Go ahead and exit the door. This is not what it takes to be a harmonious and cultural driven environment within an employer and employee uh, agreement. And when I say agreement, that's, that is a, an agreement between two parties that the employer is going to pay you and the employee is going to accept that pay in return to providing a service to the employer. And yes, that can be broken at any point in time. But if you have a strengthening agreement where the company acknowledges that their goal is to make a great work environment and then the employee will accept that work environment and is going to do whatever they can to look out for the best interests of the company. And this leads us to job hopping. Job hopping is where employers think that one year of service is a lot of time with an organization. As employers, employees, and key components of any organization, we understand that one year is not a long-term length. Some individuals, particularly you know, maybe Gen Z, millennials, and maybe millennial or Generation X to a degree may work four or five one-year jobs and do not believe that's job hopping. But if you're HR or you're a hiring manager and you're looking at these resumes, you can say that, okay, they've gained a lot of experience and that's what job hoppers believe. They think, okay, I went to an organization, I gained lots of experience, but it's not about the experience that you gained because you didn't have enough longevity to be able to apply that experience for a prolonged period of time. You might have had experience in job A, B, C, D, E, and then you've combined to have some reflective experience, but that overall is not a recipe for long-term success, at least deemed by a hiring manager or HR personnel. Because one of the questions they're always going to ask you is, why did you leave this job? Why did you leave that job? And if it's a reoccurring, well, it was because I wasn't learning enough or I wasn't being promoted enough or I didn't like my boss or it wasn't the right fit. Well, then at some point, maybe it's not the organization that's at fault. 
it's the employees that's at fault. So that's why there has to be a sense of accountability, accountability from a potential employee or somebody that's currently in the job market. It's not conducive to your work experience to be able to state that, well, I have X amount of experience, but I've had five jobs in the last five years. So if you are on the job market, then you're going to have to find a way to, when you accept that next job opportunity, make sure it's the right one. And even if it's not the right one, stay for a prolonged period of time. So then at some point, it at least looks good on the job resume. As Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, and Gen Z, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your short-term job and professional goals versus your long-term. If you're, if you're a baby boomer, you may say, well, this is my last job. And that's great. But as Gen X, who are probably the leaders in the field right now and millennials, are coming up and taking those leadership positions, while Gen Z is still more the line-level employee, but eventually will be taking over those leadership positions, it's important to start catering your job expertise within a path that's going to choreograph to an opportunity that will put you in a leading position within an organization. And that's why... The loss of jobs right now, as we talked about, going back to the $21 hour busser job in Hawaii, there is a fracture in the system. The fracture in the system is there are not always enough qualified employees or potential employees in the market to take these jobs. That's one. Two is employers are asking way too much requirements for a job that pays very little. Three, we have to look at the job history. The job history is imperative to your success. And four, is job hopping has to be something that you have to be really concerned about. So when we wrap this all up, what it demonstrates again to kind of top out everything we've discussed is that job hopping, how employers create those environments, how employees accept their positions or leave abruptly, and then the overall, what is the expectation of the job? So these key points right there all facilitate the need for a fractured system to become pre-2020, which, again, was not a perfect system. But we have to get people back to work. Employers have to stop requiring ridiculous amounts of education for a minimum wage job. And employees have to stop expecting $25 an hour for maybe entry-level work. But together, together we can find a way. And my goal as a multi-generation expert with millennials and Gen Z 
is to look at the system as a whole and come together as employers, employees, and define what criteria is going to be best for everybody. I'm extremely excited about continuing to work with each and every one. I hope that you're continuing to go through the podcast and I will continue to add more as we get together. I definitely like to provide an opportunity if you haven't already to check out my recent publication of my book, which is the Millennial Leadership, Everything You Need to Know. And this really is Millennial Leadership, How to Understand and Retain and Motivate Gen Y Leaders. But this book does not only cater to Gen Y leaders, it also contains to other generations how to understand baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and how they all work together in the corporate America. So thank you, everybody. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.